What's up, all you uh, slashers and surviving girls? Welcome to the first episode of 2020 for the Creeping Real Horrorcast. I'm uh, I'm the good buddy Lunchbox. And I'm Meg. Yeah, and uh, I'm getting ready for this year. Like, I think it's going to be a fun year. We got uh, how, how many episodes? 51? Well, after today, yeah, it'll be another 51 episodes. Oh, I can't wait. It's going to be a really, Every, really every Tuesday. Yep, every Tuesday we'll drop a new episode and uh, straight to the ear holes for the pleasures. Yeah, pleasurable so, ear holes. But uh, for, for 2020, for the first episode, what did you pick? I chose American Mary. Hmm. All right, I could dig it. I really like this movie. Um, I haven't seen it in a few years. So I thought... And I've um, never seen it. Yeah, this was your first time. Yeah. And I thought it would be a pretty good one. A pretty simple one. Um, I watched this one in a hurry a few years ago when it was being taken off of Netflix. Like, it was in my Netflix queue. And then... Oh, I was wondering how you're actually watching something in a hurry. Like, did you, like, like put it on, like, fast no, forward? No, it like... was one of those where I was looking at... You know how those lists come out of every month of stuff that's coming to and coming oh, yeah, off of yeah. Netflix? Well, it was one of those that was coming off of Netflix, like, the next day. And yeah, I was like, I, oh, I should probably watch this tonight. Yeah, I guess I should do something that I told my, you know, cue that I was going to do. Right. So instead of it languishing and Netflix yeah. list death, I actually went ahead yeah. and um, watched it. But I chose this one because I remember liking it enough that I thought it was worth digging in a little deeper for the podcast. We could definitely do a little bit of digging. Yep. So, American Mary was written and directed by the Soska sisters. It starred Catherine Isabel as Mary, Antonio Cupo as Billy, and Tristan Risk as Beatrice. Two scream queens right there. Yep. Um, It had a limited theatrical release on May 31st, 2013, and then was quickly released to video on demand and disc uh, pretty quickly after that on um, June 18th, 2013, and I found no financial info on it at all. No budget, no box office, no nothing. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm pretty sure that probably most of the budget went to uh, a lot of just the makeup. Well, I think uh, a lot of special it went, effects. Yeah, the makeup and and turkeys. Yes, the turkey budget was probably pretty high, <laughs> so that was pretty fun. Um, I really, even on the second rewatch, um, I did like it. I thought. Generally, it was pretty well done. Um, although you and I did get into a discussion while we were watching it that you don't necessarily feel like this is properly a horror movie. Yes, um, it, it was really hard. Like when we were first getting into the movie, I was like, "I'm not. This does not feel like a horror movie whatsoever." Um, there's def. It's definitely twisted for sure. But and there's aspects of it like after, like as we got into the movie, where I'm like, okay, I could definitely see this being a a horror movie, but the take on it was very different. So I had to kind of like step outside of my normal viewing of like of a horror movie and kind of uh, it, it's just a different version of it. And so like when I think of a horror movie, like uh, for instance, um, you know, like Evil Dead. Uh, you know, you got Ash versus a bunch of like, you know, demonic things or, um, you know, it's, or like when you got like, you know, Dracula or vampires and stuff like, it's like you, I have to take it, this one as, um, kind of like, uh, American Psycho, um, where it, it, that's technically a horror movie. I mean, he's going around, you know, slaughtering people and, but it's like when you watch the movie itself, it's just, 
a drama. Like, it's just one man's drama just trying to deal with his inner inner thoughts and inner inner abilities. And same thing with, with Mary. Um, so it was... Uh, it was a really good watch. Like, I really enjoyed it, but the whole time I'm sitting there going, like, this is just a drama. It's a drama. I don't like it. And then, or I don't like it as a horror, but then it's like, I was like, okay, I, I can, I can see it. It, it ticks enough of the horror boxes that I can definitely put it in the group. I, I think this one does get a little bit of heat from the horror community where, um, I think, um, you're not in the minority. There are definitely enough people out there who feel that way, that it's not quite a horror movie. Although, um, they do toy a lot with the medical horror stuff. There's a bit of a slasher element to it. There's some suspense. But I think the thing that was missing is this is a quieter horror movie. When you go into a traditional slasher, there's a lot of, there's like all go. There's a lot of stuff going on. Um, if you were to even go into more of like a, say like a Cronenberg body horror movie type of thing, like Shivers with a Fly or something like that, that, um, it's a constant in your face kind of thing, but American Mary had a lot of a lot more quiet moments. Um, but I think that helped the film because when it came to the more uh, punchy horror type moments, I think they hit a little bit harder than they would have if it was like a constant barrage throughout the entire uh, hundred minute runtime. Yeah, and there is when it when it actually got into those intense parts you definitely felt uh you know just that that intensity so i mean it, it really it it sold on everything that it, it set out to do i felt it just i i had to take it as a different type of horror instead of my typical so yeah i would recommend if you're definitely a person who's more into i mean there's a there's a fair bit of gore but it's not Gore for the sake of gore, it's medical. So it's slicing with a scalpel and those sorts of things. Yeah. There's blood when it's appropriate. Um, if you're in a... I mean, this isn't going to be like a torture porn thing or anything. Um, but I think what it tries to do is to make you more uncomfortable and feeling kind of icky than actually going for the scare. Because that's where it succeeded more for me was... Um, I definitely felt generally the medical stuff really squicks me out. So that's not, I'm always going to be uncomfortable with that stuff, but there's also, um, a, there's nods to the body modification community. So there's a lot of work with body mods and actually some of the actors in the movie are part of that community. Um, there's a lot of surgical stuff and that kind of, makes me I'm real squeamish about that anyway so I think it might have hit me a little different than it would have um somebody else but I also think that there's a, an interesting message somehow in there of the whole you need to be comfortable with you thing. oh yeah there's a lot of uh kind of like an underlying story with Mary but uh there's also that <sighs> Like, with all the body mods and things like that, where she kind of takes advantage of it and kind of starts... And, and you can see that, in a weird way, growth with Mary. Um, like, we'll, we'll get into it a little bit more, but I, but I could definitely see that there was some similarities from 
a lot of the her uh, quote unquote patients. Well, they were. To, her, well, no, they I weren't mean, technically but, her patients, but she wasn't a licensed doctor. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, so it's she's doing it for as a as an artist, not a doctor. Yeah, what she was essentially doing was performing plastic surgery. Yeah. However, yeah. it was definitely more of because it was her patients were sculpting something out of their own bodies. Um, it definitely, I think I agree with you, I think it took more of an artistic flair than just a medical mind. However, she sort of, it, Mary was interesting because she fell into it. It all started because she was answering an ad on, I forget what the website was called, but it was the movie's version of Craigslist for uh, an erotic masseuse kind of thing. Um, she's a broke college kid. She's in med school. She's out of money. And um, she was just a server part-time to work her way through med school. And her she, her job basically got eliminated because the restaurant she was working for was falling so far behind on their bills that they couldn't afford to keep their staff anymore. So this was her kind of desperately like, okay, well, what can I do to make mo- decent money fast without actually having to sell my body? So the massage thing came up at a strip club. So she went to go do that. And then next thing she knows, she's tumbling headfirst down this body mod rabbit hole. Um, and it's all cash. She's just making, cause she can't legally call herself a doctor, even though the community was calling her that. The, the thing that, that made me laugh was, was when, uh, so Beatrice, I love her, is a delight. Like she's fun. And, at first, you're just kind of, like, taken back because, yeah, the way she looks and, and just the way that she's modified herself is just kind of, like, makes you a little uneasy. And then the whole thing of... Well, she wanted to be a living embodiment of Betty Boo. Betty Boo. So she went out of her way in multiple surgeries to alter her body, her face. Um, she had the black hair pinned up. She did the whole thing. She wore constantly wore red and black. That's all she wore. Yeah. Throughout the whole thing. So. And, but it was just hilarious when she finally got Mary to talk to her and, and, you know, figure out what was going on, you know, what she wanted to do. She was just like, oh yeah, money's not a, money's not a problem. Like we have money. And it's, it was just hilarious that everyone that had some type of body modification, they had money. And it's like... You have to, though. No, I know. But I was like, but people with money, it's like, <laughs> they do the weirdest shit. <laughs> it's like... It's definitely not for everybody. It's definitely not for the faint of heart. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's... You have to have some sort of income. Beatrice was a stripper, but she was also, you know, because she was basically a Betty Boop lookalike, she had that going for her where she was making a name as like a body mod model. And then there was uh, Ruby Real Girl who was a fashion designer but she wanted to make herself look like a doll and um then there was uh they were the two like real major ones and then the other ones sprinkled throughout were people who were getting more basic mods where they were just getting like the implants and then the tongue piercing until we get to the twins who are really extreme so like this whole movie is just there's two things going on you see the progression of mary's skill level throughout the whole movie but you also see where she's, you get to see the progression of her coming unraveled as the movie goes on. And it started out pretty innocently enough with, I'm just going to go and answer this um, ad for the erotic massage thing. And then she presents her resume to Billy, the club owner, 
and one of his guys is down in the basement. I don't know if he's either getting shot in the eye or stabbed in the eye, but someone was laid out with a real gnarly eye wound. And she basically has to perform surgery on the fly. But he gives her five grand. He just hands her a wad of cash to do it. And it was interesting her reaction to it because she's training to become a surgeon. And that's one of the things that surgeons have to do. I don't know what her specialty is at this point, but if you're doing your residency and saying like in hospital, that's what you have to be ready to do is be on call to serve these sort of emergencies. And then, but after the whole thing, she goes home and she, she turns the shower on. She's acting like she was somehow like sexually violated in a way. Like she just couldn't stomach it. It was weird because, and I, and I had a little bit of a hard time following that section because like I, I looked away like for a split second and then came back and saw her going to the shower and doing the thing. And it, like, I thought it's like she just tortured the guy. Like, I thought the guy that was on the table was somebody that they wanted, that they had a problem with. They're like, oh, hey, I'll give you five grand to torture this guy. No. And then that's why she went and... and but No, he it, was injured, but they exactly. gave him... They're like, hey, you're pra- you're practically a but doctor. That's what Fix I'm, him. that's what I'm talking about is I didn't understand why she was so freaked out and just and, and showering and in her clothes and just like having this like but she was she was behaving as though she was had been violated in yeah. some way so but, but there was this whole thing of when we actually get into like later on in the movie billy he's like he he's the hitman for her like mm-hmm. whenever some you know he needs uh, you know, she needs something done or, or what what have you. Or Yeah, he um, becomes the errand boy. Yeah, of. and it, it, so it's a weird transition. And that's where I, I was trying to, like, piece it together where it's like, oh, no, it's, uh, you know, like, it was, it was supposed to be a, that guy was being a hit. Um, now, mm-hmm. as far as her, uh, you know, so when she actually performs the surgery on the guy, goes home, takes a shower, the only thing I could think of that kind of freaked her out was, one, she's not ready for it. Two, uh, or she wasn't ready for that situation. Two, whenever, uh, you know, they're going through med school and things like that, it, when you're performing surgery, you're in a hospital. Like, you actually kind of know it's there. You're it's at, a controlled you're, environment. Exactly. Yeah. This one, it was just like she was just thrown into it. She performed surgery in lingerie and, and high heels. So it's kind of like not – and also, too, in a dank – dank basement while Billy sat on a chest freezer and Lance, the big muscle, is just kind of sitting there looking all big biker and just, just menacing. It's funny because um, that seemed to have become... You, you, it's funny that you mentioned the whole she performed surgery and lingerie thing because that ended up being how she was comfortable doing her surgeries. Yeah. Like Even as she became more professional about it, she still was in high heels and she wore like she wore a lot of black and she had the silk apron and the black gloves and she did like there was a whole look to her that didn't exactly scream ER surgeon. And I have to say this. She is the hottest surgeon I have ever seen in my entire life. I did not believe it. <laughs> I was like, her hair should have been a little bit disheveled. Like, she just, it felt more of, like, she was just that high-end fashion. Like, she could have gone and done a modeling job. She could have done anything in the world. And 
she it, it probably would have been very successful at it. But you know, for her to be a surgeon, where it's like, oh yeah, like I'm gonna do this in, in high heels, like you look like a stripper, and you are performing these magnificent feats of of surgical you know precision. It's like good, like really good for you, but it's just yeah. like not fair. But she. <laughs> Yeah, but that that seemed to have become her uniform. Is yeah. very, it was like if it wasn't full lingerie, it was like lingerie flavored somehow because everything was like really well tailored. It showed off her body. Yeah, there there was one uh, one of the outfits I actually thought was really cool because it was like later on in the movie. Um, when uh, she's actually performing on on the twins, mm-hmm. and uh, she looked gorgeous. In she that. looked awesome, which is a really weird thing to say about somebody who's about to who's scrubbed up to well, do surgery. She was in this like bright red, uh, like doctor's uniform, but it looked like one of those uniforms that you would get at like a Halloween store. Like so, it was like the sexy, like slutty doctor, but it like it had that vibe to it. Yeah. But it, it was more of like, oh, like, this is my uniform. And, like, so she's completely comfortable with who she is now and what she wants. And so, but that was just, like, but the whole, uh, after, uh, I think it was the, the twins call her Bloody Mary. Yeah, that was the name she picked up yeah. in the online community because no one knew who she was. And that was sort of the nickname she ended up picking up. Yeah, and so when she went into the red uniform, I was like, oh, that's Fucking great. I love it. <laughs> yeah, the Bloody Mary thing, that did, like, cause it was pretty explicit in the beginning when Beatrice initially came to her. She flat out said, I'll do this, but you better not fucking tell anybody. And, um, but because of the surgery she performed on Ruby Real Girl, who had a huge following, website following, and those sorts of things in the community, like, eventually, stuff started getting out, and, like... They just, I guess, I don't know if they just said her name was Mary, or her name was Dr. Mary or whatever, but she started becoming known as Bloody Mary, and then she started building this reputation, um, because she was tough. Eventually, there was a point where a guy had said something about wanting just to get piercings or whatever. She essentially just called him a pussy and threw him out. Yeah. And that, and, and that's And I was where... mad that he was super vanilla. Yeah, and uh, she, you know, set up the, the menu of different like body mods and stuff like that and it's like oh like I'm not a fucking tattoo artist and it's yeah. like I'm not a this is not what I do here. Yeah. And and then like but I, I thought it was more intense where she was just like get the fuck out and then like Lance like put a bag over his head and like dragged him out. I was just like holy shit like it's like what happened to that kid afterwards? Like, I don't know, it's unclear. Like that's that's a heavy bounce. Like that's yeah. One of the things uh, about this movie, though, is if you're not paying attention because there are, are some rapid cuts going on between scenes, um, it's almost like you skip forward in time a little bit with each cut. So, for example, like early on in the movie, it goes very quickly from. I'm trying to think of the best example of this because there's a bunch of it in the movie. Oh, the um, the part towards one of the best examples. Of this is toward the end of her mo- of like the middle end of the movie it was somewhere at the beginning of the third act she gets a phone call from her grandmother and she goes hey nana sorry i missed your call but it was someone calling to inform her that her grandmother had died well we're not told explicitly that her grandmother died we just cut to the next scene where she's deleting nana's number out of her phone yeah and those sorts of things happen throughout the movie and if you're not paying attention you're gonna kind of lose track um i don't think that's necessarily the best editing technique but i think the way I think for the budget and the amount of time they were 
having to put this movie together, it was probably really the only way to, they could do it. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure that there may have been some other things uh, cut in that had to be taken out. So, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure if there is a director's cut somewhere, yeah, you know, that it may fill in uh, some things here and there. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I, to kind of go keep going on with that uh that topic um some of the people that she was uh performing these body mods on you never really see the aftermath of what happens so uh, no, well, uh, except really. for like so we have i'm going to call her barbie i don't I, I it was forget. ruby 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 i'm she sorry she was ruby real girl yes so uh ruby uh we get to see her and what she did because she actually shows it off, and it's it's pretty interesting. Um, however, the twins, I was more interested to see what the hell happened to them, because I guess they were supposed to be a set up um, to... I guess they have like more devilish looks like they were they had horns inserted in, into their skin. Yeah. Um and then also they were having both their left arms removed and then swapped. Yeah, the idea was and it's the Soska sisters. Yes, it is. They that are playing the the weird um German twins. They they come to Mary because they found out about her through um through Ruby and Beatrice and they decided to contact her and they were they were super creepy twins and we see them from the back they have the um the corset um lacing um implants on their backs both of them and they're discussing with Mary what they want to do because they're together all the time and they said that uh they do you know with everything that they do together that if one of them died before the other they wouldn't ever feel want to feel like that person was lost. So they wanted to swap left arms. So that way, even if one of the twins died, a part of them would always be around. And without batting an eyelash, Mary's like, okay, I'll do it. Yeah. I'm like, that's a kind of an intense, we're talking like blood vessels, nerve endings, no guarantee. I mean, they're identical twins. So the odds of identical twins because of the way that they're created in the womb, the chances of a, uh, of the surgery like that being successful are really, really high, but there's still the odds that the body could just reject this new body part. You don't know. So there's the a thing, lot of issues so there. The thing that that killed me though was that I really wanted to see what the aftermath was back like, after they were they healed because all you got to see of them was just them getting into a car and they were still all bandaged up. Right, but we got to see the little sketch that they gave Mary as like their blueprint. Yeah, and um. We don't see what that sketch looks like until after the surgery is performed when she throws it down for Billy to look at at the club. And she's like, oh, it's my blueprint. And you get to see it. And it's basically they want to transform themselves into looking more devil-like. And, um, yeah, we don't get to see it. We just get to see them escorted out to their car all bandaged up yeah. after, like, So two days I kind of felt like there. that was a little missed out where it was like, okay, well, this was supposed to be really, like, an intense situation, uh, really high-end surgery, and we get kind of no payoff. Yeah, that was a bit of a problem with this is I feel like they didn't, I don't know if it was budget, if it was poor planning, if it was just not a well thought out script it could be any any of the above or all of the above but there wasn't there was a lot of setup and things and there wasn't 
and that was a situation where there wasn't really any payoff in that. We did get to see the payoff for um, Ruby Real Girl, though, who she Beatrice is her roommate and goes to seek out, sends Beatrice to go seek out Mary. And they're having this conversation. Like, it took her a while because Mary wasn't answering her phone because Beatrice was calling from an unknown number. And then she just shows up at her apartment, which I thought was really interesting. She's just, like, lying and saying, I got a package delivery for you. Um, oh, and, and the great thing was that that voice is very recognizable. Is it like do the do the voice? You oh, can do the, really... um, there's a package delivery for you. It's a real high pitched, yeah. super girly. So, I heard you're a doctor. So yeah, there. All I could all I could think about was uh, um, Audrey from a little shop of horrors yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. oh oh seymour like, yeah it was not it was not unlike that son in the seymour but it was the fact that like she mary had had a phone call with her and then not too long that was one of those where there was like a little bit of a time jump and beatrice shows up on her doorstep essentially and um tells her there's 10 grand in it for you if you can help my friend out and her niece worked at a vet's office and um she said there's a way to do it after hours so mary desperate for the money goes okay i'll talk to you she was gonna get two thousand just to go talk to her yeah so she's like okay i guess i'll at least just go talk to her and then she has a conversation with her and this is where we start to see how like the skill set starts to grow. Like, in the beginning, you see she's got really good suturing technique and stuff. She's practicing on turkeys and chickens and all sorts of things. Um, and then this is the real start of her progression into getting more comfortable with surgery in general. Because Ruby Real Girl says to her, dolls don't get sexualized. I want to become a doll. So she wants the nipples removed and she wants um, her vagina sewn up so that she's essentially... Like a essentially a sexless yeah, Barbie doll. But she wants to just be sewn up just enough so that she could still you know go to the bathroom and things like that, uh, but just enough so that she doesn't get sexualized. And a little part of me was like, I still feel like even dolls without nipples still get sexualized. It's. I mean, yeah. I mean, you you have big boobs and you're gonna be wearing a dress. You're gonna be wearing like, and the way that she looks. I mean, yeah, it's like. You got to be a very special man to like really want to like <laughs> be like oh man that turns me on. Yeah, but she'd but, been, she'd been married and I don't know if it was an open relationship or what, but she it was also inferred that she had several boyfriends as well. Um, but Mary goes for it, and we actually get to watch. We get to watch the nipple surgery, which if you're squeamish, yikes. Or if you've ever, or if you have nipples, it's a lot yeah. to just be like, because that's a real sensitive part of the body. Um, and then you, we don't get to see head on the slice and dice of the genitalia, but you see Mary like drop bits into a pan. You see little um, fleshy bits fall on the floor. Uh, so you get, your imagination can kind of fill in the rest. Yeah. And it's gross. And she gets sewn up and she gets bandaged. We get to see Ruby bandaged up. Um, and that's when Mary goes home and she's panicked and she's throwing up because she, I guess she just can't believe what she had, that somebody out there would ask to have, to basically be mutilated like that. Yeah. And, and that was the thing was like, so at, at this point, yeah, she's just very, very struggling. She's just like, she's very, uh, timid 
in a yeah. way. And so just very unsure about like it's just that moment where you're just like man this is just super sketchy and i do not like this at all but she does it and then yeah she just but she she's just des- like she's desperate for money she's yeah. three months behind on her bills she just lost her job um her grandmother keeps offering to send her money and she's like no 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 no, you don't have to do that um well and the thing with like with with beatrice a weird way i actually thought it was like something uh, like off with her like i thought maybe something would have happened like from her but it was like she was the most genuine person throughout this whole movie and it was just kind of like and she was mm. it was she was also really funny because there was a scene where her niece is giving her nothing but lip while she's there and um oh god what did she say to her it was so funny she goes, if you keep that up, honey, it's not going to snow for a while. She's funding her niece's coke habit. Yeah. Oh, uh, she's Auntie. Like, oh, she's like, oh, Catherine, it's like, just don't be a cunt. Oh, it was Tessa. Don't be a cunt. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> so it was just like, man, like that's, when that, I heard that line, I was like, just out of that voice, I was like, oh, that's so good. But it was delivered, it was so calm, and it was so sweet, just don't be a cunt, honey. And yeah. it was just, it was cute. She was adorable. I love Beatrice in this movie. Um... And she was trying hard to be Mary's friend, too. And Mary was just not about it. Like, she was so closed off. Um, Even before the situation with her professor. Like, she was just not open to the idea of making a female friend in any way. And, well, but, I don't even think it was a female friend. I think it was just because of how uh, how Beatrice actually looked and what she wanted and, and all this other stuff with her friend. But that it was it, also... It just made her uncomfortable. But Mary was a loner throughout the entire movie. Oh, yeah. Like, even before the surgery and stuff, like, she talked to her grandmother fairly regularly, but that's it. She didn't have relationships with anybody else. And then, um, you know, she's starting to build her lifestyle up. She get Ruby sends her this beautiful green dress as a thank you. And uh, she gets invited to a, her first real grown-up party with a bunch of surgeons. Yeah. She's doing her residency at the hospital, and the surgeon overseeing her residency is like, hey, um, there's a party going on. Why don't you come over, mingle with all the other surgeons? Uh, Dr. Grant's going to be there, Dr. Grant being her professor. And so she's excited to go, thinking this is going to be kind of a foot in the door for her, give her a chance to like network and chat and build business, you know, professional relationships. And that wasn't it at all. They thought because she had been coming into a little bit more money and she was doing a little bit better for herself that she was being a hooker. Like she was hooking herself. So they thought, oh, this should be no problem. But the first red flag for her walking into that party should have been, there's nothing but men here. There were no men. There were, there were no well, women in that party. Yeah, they. when she walks in, she's greeted by the host. Um, I forget his name, but uh, he, I guess, was a an, another, another surgeon, mm-hmm. and he kind of, he's like... The Asian guy, right? Yeah. I, he, he gives her this line that I would have just been very uncomfortable. Um, well, because he was talking about how he loves to cut people up. Yeah. Like, it was a thr- little bit of a thrill for him to basically hold someone else's life in his hands, which I thought was sick as hell. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, uh, Dr. Walsh, uh, the guy that was, uh, you know, on the floor with him uh, while doing a residency, a lot of the stuff, like, he was so disconnected from any type of, uh, like, more, like, uh, like the, there was a scene where um, he asked uh, Mary to go and... Uh, tell the family 
that their their father has had a heart attack. Yeah. And so she's like, okay, cool. Like, she goes and tells them the bad news. And while you see her telling them the news, uh, you know, beyond the door, you could hear him talking about, like, just... Like, oh, you just got to do this. You got to be able to, you know... Uh, he was talking... It was a bedside manner lecture. Yeah, yeah, He's like, you just got to be able to just do it and stuff like that. She comes back and she's like, okay, it's done. He's like, all right, now go tell, her, uh, go tell him that, that he died. And she pauses and she's like, okay. And just walks over, tells the family that the man died, and then walks back and he, and then the next scene is him just going, like, oh, Mary, like, just, like, nothing happened. Like, there's... You can't... Like, his... I the disconnection was incredible with that man. I, yeah, but I also think that that's a survival mechanism for a lot of surgeons and doctors. Um, they have to be. But it was. It but this was too an extreme. Yeah, yeah. It, it felt sick. It didn't feel. The way that surgeons are portrayed in this movie, it's like they're all a little sick and twisted. Yeah. Um, in a just that psychotic like they get a pleasure like a sick pleasure out oh, yeah. of out of what what they're doing. And like, so it's not when, just professional; they enjoy it. Yeah, and so when we go to the party, uh, the the host like he you know says the line about oh I just love to cut people up, and then uh, when uh, Doctor Walsh gets there, like she's like oh like I'm so happy to be here. He's like oh let me you know uh, like we got we got. Uh, you know, everyone out here drinking, and then there's some other people in the back, and you know, in, in some of the different rooms and stuff like that. So you'll get to meet, you'll get to meet everybody and stuff like that. Um, and then what was her professor's name? Grant. Grant. And then Grant shows up and gives her this crazy craziness. Like he, well, he was his, absolutely ridiculous. Grant was interesting. He was an interesting case because he was never. He's not the cuddly guy. He's not the touchy-feely guy. He, from the minute we meet him, we know he's a little bit dark. Because um, the first time we meet him, he, it's a lecture where, um, you know, there's a handful of students in the room. And I guess Mary, Mary's phone went off. There was a student loan officer calling, and she just ignores the call. But um, because Grant heard it, he starts berating her in front of the class, trying to embarrass her in front of the rest of the class. Um, he's swearing, which is incredibly unprofessional. It's F word. F- he's just fuck this, fuck, 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 fuck the whole time, and um, and then tells her that surgeons have to be perfect. You can't fuck up. You can't like this intense amount of pressure. And uh, he's like, he said to her that you know he sees a ton of potential in her if she only would get her shit together. Yeah, he felt more of like a. Um... I I want to say, like a biker. Like just the way he talked is just the like I, he didn't feel like a doctor, and and for him for a professor like that I would have been like holy shit like I would have not enjoyed that class. But, yeah, I mean he was very um, succinct in what he would say. He was always very he was blunt, straight to the point to the point of being actually um, just being an asshole. I mean I'm not one to sugarcoat telling anyone anything however like you don't have to go out of your way to be a colossal douche nozzle about like you don't have to embarrass somebody in front of an entire class and then um turns out he's a lot sicker than we think mary gets roofied at the party and i don't know if her the idea was just for dr grant to have her or if she was going to be passed around because the, the Asian guy who greeted her at the door was encouraging her to drink. Yeah, like, the first thing he does is he goes and gets her a drink, comes back, and then he's like, he 
can, you know, he continues, like, they're talking, and he's just like, oh, go ahead, go ahead, drink up, drink up. Right, and, and even when she's talking to, even when Mary's talking to Dr. Walsh, she sees over his shoulder the the other doctor just, like, making this motion, like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So, is the idea that she, was she just going to be for Dr. Grant, or was she going to be passed around I, I like think joint? so, because Dr. Grant invited her. And it was a, oh, Walsh invited her through Grant. Like, yeah, it was Grant's Grant, idea. Yeah, Grant mentioned and it. And so that's where I think it was, yes, it was all going to be just for Grant, and, and that was it. Um, so she gets roofied. He th- goes, throws her on the bed, and then he grabs a camera and starts filming himself raping her. Yep. And that is a very dark scene. And that's that was, like, one of the first scenes where I'm like, okay, I could see that being a horror movie. Because that is, that is a terrifying thing. And it also... All the people that, the other girls, when they were like, oh yeah, there's other people in their other rooms, that's what was happening. So this was just a a weird roofie sex party with surgeons. Yeah, where their students or whomever was being, other females were being invited to this party specifically to entertain their hosts. And uh, that was really, I would say that that scene is really the start of our movie because it doesn't. Yep. We don't move into the horror elements really until after that. That's kind of Mary's turn. That's where her she just sort of shuts down. Um, she becomes very matter of fact. She gets to the point where she starts being kind of scary with people because she's just not. She doesn't want to have any relationships with anybody, and like Beatrice is trying. And it was after this where like she finally managed to convince Mary to come out for coffee with her. But, I mean, Mary was a loner to begin with, and this really just put her over the edge. Um, and I think it really sparked some sort of psychotic it, it, something it, in it, her. It, it, just, it just woke her up. So it just... Yeah. In a way where it's just that, like, the worst has happened, and now I'm... Like, like there's it can't get any worse than that, than no. what she's feeling. And it's it's a... I mean, the movie itself is really... It's a revenge slasher kind of movie. Um, and from that point on, it becomes a revenge motif. And that's when we see Billy and Lance become her errand boys. Um, Lance especially is kind of... He's the bouncer at um, the Bourbon A-Go-Go where, that Billy owns and then where um, Beatrice works. But Lance sort of starts to become her heavy a little bit. Yeah. And... Uh, <laughs> She calls she, Im- immediately after she gets home. She calls Billy up and says, "Hey, you want to make five grand?" It was the same thing that Billy had said to her earlier in the movie with yeah. having her her having to perform surgery on the fly. Hey, you want to make five grand? Yeah. And uh, immediately Billy's like, "Sure." They kidnap Doctor Grant, and he becomes her little guinea pig for all this stuff. Yeah. And it's really creepy because she's got. A dental device in his mouth to spread his lips open, and it keeps his teeth shut. Um, it's like the gag, so he's not screaming his head off. And then he's duct taped to a table. She eventually moves him to a storage unit, but she upgraded from using turkeys and chickens yeah. from the grocery store. Well, and and just that whole scene of where she's getting her revenge, and she's like, "I'm just gonna go slow with this." I was like, "That is a great." revenge story like well, that's or or, or or revenge act and and oh that yeah. whole thing of like uh, like she even tells him uh this is everything that i'm gonna do and 
and but she kind of threw back in his face all the things he had said to her. Practice makes perfect, right? Well, surgeons aren't allowed to make mistakes, right? Like that was her graduating from like graduating up from turkeys and stuff like that. And I really liked, I really liked how that was because she was very sinister, and you can tell the look in Grant's eyes that he fucked with the wrong girl. Yeah, um, cause she fooled. She done snapped. Yeah, like she went and like yeah, that sinister just just kind of went dead inside to like. So it's like, oh well, you know what? Like, all right, well, I'm gonna get this. It wasn't like uh, she got like super angry and just started screaming or like, and that's what was terrifying with Mary, where it was just like how cold she was, and yeah. throughout the movie, and just that. Uh, just the, her demeanor where it was like going from super timid and just like I'm broke and I'm just I'm struggling and just that everyday life that we all go through and then turn around and it's just like okay I'm making a bunch of money and doing this you know this art project essentially and then turn around and just like I ain't got time for anybody's shit I'm the boss yeah and just you could see her putting it on that like big, big girl pants and it was just very almost mobster like yeah we'll talk about the lead up to all of that after the break sweet okay and we're back so i think the the rape scene was like a culmination of this landslide of just bad in her life at that point i think that's what caused her to snap because prior to that it was like her phone got shut off and she had to be negotiating with the phone company. She was three months behind on her bills. She had lost her job. She was kind of disenfranchised with med school anyway. I don't know if it's because she wasn't getting what she thought she was going to get or what out of it or it was just because her professor is a colossal douche. But when she gets invited to this party thinking that there's this little ray of hope in her life and that gets dashed to bits because it turns out that her professor is a scumbag, like... Of course her brain is just going to go into survival mode at that point. And then afterwards, yeah, I think saying she kind of almost turns into a gangster, like a mobster, I don't think that's too far off for a description. She definitely um, went into boss mode because she knew she couldn't trust anybody. and But she became so closed off that she forgot to call her Nana. She didn't keep in touch with her grandmother at all. And at the beginning of the movie, you constantly saw her on the phone having conversations with her grandmother. And then after the event happens, she hadn't spoken to her at all. And then in the third act, she gets the phone call that her grandmother had died. So that was sort of the, like the beginning of that secondary landslide when the bad, like she's in control for a little bit. And then that's the part where the life kicks back in and control slips away again. Um, the I do want to talk a little bit more about Dr. Grant, though, because probably one of the most jarring and unsettling things in this movie isn't nipple removal. It is seeing Dr. Grant suspended from the ceiling of a storage facility. Um, she had like a little storage warehouse that she was renting out just to keep him he, she cut off his arms, she cut off his legs, she sewed his mouth shut, um, she mutilated his genitalia. She had, um, if you've ever seen the suspension artists like in New York City and those sorts of things, um, he had the hooks in his back and the skin was being stretched. There, there was a lot. She was using him as 
her guinea pig for everything. But it's also really satisfying as both a viewer and a woman to see a rapist get it because I think death is usually too swift and too um, too gentle yeah. for them. Yeah, I mean, like, she really took that uh, where... <laughs> a little part of me is kind of like, uh, do you remember... <laughs> this is not going to be anything horror-related, but do you remember the uh, character um, in Pets, the tattooed pig? Yeah. It's like once... All the, you know, the, the tattoo artists, like, once they filled up the pig with tattoo and he ran out of space, they just kind of got rid of him. I almost feel like she's going to run out of shit to do to him. And it's like he, he withered down to a torso and he's just hanging there. And it's like, what else could she really do to him to... She had been talking about... I, she mentioned there was something she was thinking about doing to him. Um, I forget what it was. I think it was more like of a subdermal implant thing. Um, and then she gets busted by the security guard. And that, I think, is where we really see a turn because at that point, Mary wasn't about killing anybody until she gets busted and the security guard is going to call the cops. So... Yeah, the, the security guard like comes in, knocks her over the head, and he's like, don't worry, buddy, we'll get you down, we'll get you down. And then she like pops up with like this big ass like surgical knife and just starts stabbing the shit out of him and like she doesn't just stab him she's like just stab 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 like just keeps on going and the whole time I keep thinking of Ralph Wiggum's like no he's already dead yep. stop yep and somehow Torso Boy starts making it for the exit and she ends up having to kill him too but um throughout all this like there is an investigation um because Dr. Grant's gone missing. And when... I think it was Dr. Walsh that ended up calling. So now she's being kept an eye on from a detective. And so now it's like she has to be extra careful what she's doing on because she's still performing surgery without a license. It's cash under the table, so she's not... There's no paper trail, but she's... this What she's still doing, even without the Dr. Grant stuff, is still highly, highly illegal. And I think part of the what happens and why she ends up in the position she does because she got too comfortable. And that's a bit of a problem. Uh, the one thing that I do have to say, though, is how calm and collected she was with the detective. Mm -hmm. Even, like, when he was just like, oh, you know, uh, Dr. Grant's gone missing. She's like, oh, really? Like, that's crazy. Well, I, I, I'm, like, I, I dropped out of med school, so, like, I, I, didn't, I haven't seen him in a while. And just kind of just playing it off like that. A little part of me, like, that first interaction was kind of like a oh shit moment trying to get... But then, like, later on, uh, when uh, Walsh goes missing, and she was just like, wow, she that's... she literally had nothing to do with the yeah, Walsh Yeah, she's like, missing. wow, that's crazy. Like, just kind of uh, no-selling it. And... Well, yeah, um, <laughs> but she was setting out to point, like... She had gotten to the point where she was comfortable killing people after that. She already had to kill two. So, pfft, what's yeah. one more? She was going to poison the detective until he turns around and said, Listen, I know that you're the victim in all of this. So, if there's... He's mentioned, like... I know it's hard to talk about, but in order for us to move forward with this whole thing and put give you closure... I need you to be able to have a conversation with me. And he tells her that she's the victim. She's done nothing wrong. And that's when she decides they, to they not found, poison his water. Yeah, they found a bunch of 
uh, videotapes of all the girls that these surgeons were having sex with and things like that. So the detective was like thinking that, you know, okay, well, obviously Mary was a part of all that. So he was trying to yeah, help her and even, save her. Even though he didn't have yeah. any actual video evidence that she was a part of any of this. Because it was taken by Billy. Let's talk about Billy. <laughs> we know in the beginning when we meet him that Billy is a total scumbag. And like I couldn't tell whether if he was like a again a mob boss or just a really skeezy just bar owner. He like was just was... a scuzz. I think he was just a scuzzy um, club owner. I don't know what else beyond that. It's he might have been also a drug dealer. I don't know. It's kind of hinted at, but I don't. It's not clear. He gets infatuated with Mary so hard. And it's weird because he has these funky little fantasies about her a few times throughout the movie. One where he's imagining her up on stage, like dancing on a pole and doing this whole sensual thing kind of just for him and like pouring blood down the front of her. And then there's another one where he imagines her coming to him and doing the sensual massage thing. And then... uh his brain goes to the part where he's like, well, she's fully capable of killing him, too. And it's just, Billy's an odd case. Because it's, it's like the more closed off and violent she got, the more attracted to her he got. Yeah, it's... It was weird. It was kind of, it was, I mean, there was nobody in this movie that wasn't sick and twisted. Yeah. Um, on one level or another. Uh, and honestly, probably the most mentally healthy people in the movie were the body mod characters. <laughs> like, it yeah, was, they just it was lo- they twisted. just looked, yeah, they just looked weird. It's just like, but they were just like, oh, yeah, we're just hanging out, just doing our thing. Yeah. So, they were probably the more mentally healthy of anybody in this movie. And just Billy's infatuation with her, I just couldn't figure it out. And, like, the worse she got, the more intriguing he, she was to him. And he just, he, I don't know what he was expecting out of it, what he was hoping to get. Like, when he asks her to go to L.A. with him, like, she's clearly not interested in any way. But when she also catches one of the strippers giving him a blowjob, like, she she stabs her in the neck with something. So it's like, well, which is, what is it? What are you doing here? Yeah. It's like, I don't want him, but no one else can have him. Like, their relationship's really bizarre. Yeah, they they don't really specify on how deep that level goes because I never really saw that as a I, I saw the infatuation with with Billy, but there the other side of that table was not playing cards mm-hmm. like it was. Um, she was just using him more of a as a business kind of opportunity. Like so, was, I think she, I mean she had to have known how he felt about her, and I think she she took advantage of that a little bit. Yeah, after. He went and got Grant. They obviously understood what Grant did to her. Um, and then later on, when she tells Billy about the uh, the officer or the detective that is doing the investigation, uh, she mentions that, oh, you know, like, uh, like, I, I, like I only do people, uh, you know, do things to people that make me mad. And, you know, she kind of, she was like, well, Dr. Grant made me mad. And now, uh, you know, this detective's making me mad, and then, you know, but also, uh, Miss, you know, Do- Dr. Walsh is making me mad. 
And then Billy's like, do you want me to go, you know, take care of something for you? And she's like, no, don't worry about it. And, like, you don't have to do anything. And then that was it. And then later on, like, for Billy to kind of do this thing where I'm going to... I almost felt like it was like, I'm going to do this this gesture of love in a, in a weird way. He was way. riding to her rescue. Yeah. And you see a scene where he drags a guy into the basement with a bag on his head. And he's just beating the shit out of him. And it's not totally clear as to who the man with the bag on his head is. But it's Dr. Walsh. Yeah. So, they getting beaten to death. Yeah, so they end up getting getting Walsh, and when they do get Walsh, Billy ends up finding the videotape that Grant made of him raping uh, Mary, and Billy's watching the whole thing. Like he watches uh, video uh, camera like recordings in his office of her giving him that massage that first time in her lingerie. So like he definitely fantasizes about her heavily to where he's watching all these just terrible things well not the you know his security camera is not a terrible thing but like he watches that you know the rape video and And it's kind of like where it's i mean it's dr grant like shoving his fingers in her mouth it's trying to choking her those sorts of things um i just that was that was probably the most horror that rape scene was probably the most horror element of the whole thing because it's so steeped in reality. Yeah. And it's just like not being able, like, uh, from taking it from Mary's standpoint where it's like, you just, she's not in control and she's completely weak and powerless. Yeah. It's, it's and seeing it from start to finish. It's really intense. And the, the most fucked up thing is she wakes up the next morning, rolls over, and he's still laying right next to her. Yeah, he was sleeping next to her. And I was just like, holy shit. Like, didn't, like, send her off or anything like that. Like, he just felt comfortable enough to, like, oh, yeah, I just did this to you, but... That is a level of arrogance that I couldn't even begin to understand. Yeah, like, oh, this is going to be okay. We'll we'll just, we'll get on with it tomorrow. And, oh, I'll I'll see you in class Monday. (laughs) No, you won't. No. Yeah. Like not not gonna happen. There and he is, and he, and part of the whole thing was he assumed that she'd become a hooker. His fine. It's like, oh, I see you're doing better financially. That's none of your business. Yeah. That's nobody's business. Thank yeah. you. And even if she was selling her body, like if she was turning going that route, like that doesn't mean that she is his to play with. Like, even if she did decide, okay, I'm just going to do the hooker thing. Like, that's up to her, but she's also, you know, it's free market exchange. It's not being forced on her. Yeah. So he didn't have any right to take her, even if that was what was actually going on. The whole thing was just super, super fucked up. But the path that Mary gets set up on is, um, it, it, it takes a couple weird left turns. Um, however, probably the, even worse than that is, um, the Ruby Real Girl aftermath. Oh, Yeah. When she's so excited to show her husband what had been done when he gets home that um, she does. And he flies off the handle and goes into a rage. And, you know, he sees his... We see, we have a reveal of what actually was going on with, like, Ruby's body when it was all said and done. And we see the nipple removal have been completely removed. And she's got the Barbie front where her genitalia used to be. And um, her husband just loses his mind. 
And uh, well, the, the the crazy thing is we actually don't see him losing his mind. You see his face. You see the shock. Yeah. yeah. And and then then it cuts. Well, then it turns out where um, it gives you the uh oh moment. Yeah, like Mary goes to the bar, and you can just tell like she's almost feels like like just kind of beaten and just done. And then that's when Billy's like, "Hey, let's just go to L.A. We'll leave tonight." And then he's like planning out like, "Oh, if we you know make a stop in like Sacramento, we could be there." You know? Yeah, like, he wants to make a trip of it. Yeah, it's just like an everyday trip. I was like, "Okay, that's cool." Like he's wanting to do something, just a, a date trip with her. Um, and then it turns out, it's like, okay, well, yeah, let me see. And then, like, she goes, oh, he tells her that uh, Beatrice quit. And he's like, oh, she's not answering her phone. She's not showing up for work. I think she just quit. And then that was it. Uh, but then it turns out that when Mary gets home, Beatrice calls her. And she's like, oh, I, like, if, like, I already know that you quit and, and stuff like that. And then, like, the camera flips her to Beatrice. And she's beaten to shit. She's bloody, yeah, she's, laying on the floor. She can't go anywhere. She's beaten half to death. Her eyes swollen. She's on her phone. She's there's blood all over the place, and she you can barely her, like her voice is so strangled. She's like, I didn't want to tell him, but he was gonna kill me, and it was that like the fear and the panic in her voice and this this really high girly baby voice of just you know Mary, I'm so sorry. Um, and then out of nowhere, he just jumps out of the shadows and stabs her in the stomach. And Mary went full feral at that point, and she rips his, she bites him and rips his throat out. Yeah. Like you see her, like you see him roll over onto his side and die, and then you see her turn roll over to face the camera side and spits on the floor like this hunk of flesh. And it was disgusting. Um, but kudos to her for. Yeah, after very, her very... surgery to stitch herself back up. Yeah, Doctor Giggle style. Totally Doctor Giggle. So, but style. there was a, but yeah, that was um, that one was really intense. Just because we only got uh, at, at first, we just see the photo of the husband, mm-hmm. and then later we see the husband show up and then gets the shock, and so he gets maybe seven, eight seconds of of screen time. Yeah, and if if you're not paying attention, again, it's one of those, if you're not paying attention, it seems like it comes out of nowhere, but it's set up in the first act when um, Beatrice takes Mary back to her apartment and she says, oh, um, not her apartment, to the Ruby store. And she says, oh, Ruby wanted me to give something to you. And this is when she's giving um, Mary the information on the twins. But Mary goes over and sees pictures of Ruby with a, a man on the mirror and she says, oh, I didn't know Ruby had a boyfriend. She said, oh, no, she's got lots of boyfriends, but that's her husband. So it's set up all the way at the beginning. Yeah. But because there's this long stretch where that subplot gets shelved for a little bit, that it kind of almost feels out of nowhere at the end. Yeah, and it, it just kind of sucks because a, a character that only got a very, 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 very small amount of screen time is the one that got married. Instead of it being... Uh, it wasn't the detective who had been trying to hunt her down, da- like who had been hunting yeah. for Grant and Walsh. It hadn't been one of the body mod patients she had had. Um, it wasn't Billy. I mean, it was or, it was someone that was a, a that was disgruntled. I mean, it was just yeah. A, like yeah, he was taking it out on her for what she did to his wife. But at the same time, it was just it, like I kind of wish that there would have been a little bit more interaction with her and with uh, I thought. And this is my, you know, armchair writing. 
Um, I think what would have been really cool is if she kind of took that lesson from Dr. Walsh, where it's just that, like, oh, like, like I don't give a shit kind of bedside manner. If the husband found her, went to her and, like, tried to, you know, like, have an argument with her, and she just kind of just was like, I don't have time for you. Like, she paid me. Yeah, and... it wasn't. It was, he just out of just jumped out of the shadows and stabbed her. Yeah. There was no interaction, but it was, um, at, yeah, there was the picture, and then there was, like, a little cut scene where we see, um the husband's reaction to the and we get to see ruby and then there's so there's like three stages of mary's demise where it's like the picture where it's totally intangible it doesn't really exist and doesn't pose any real threat and then there's the one where we kind of get a peek at it and you can kind of see the threats potentially coming and then he ends up to be being the one to take her out and i actually I'm kind of split on this. Part of me really likes that they did it that way because it's less obvious. But part of me also feels like it needed to be fleshed out more or it should have been somebody else. Yep. Yeah, um, and I'm, I'm in that, like I said, I'm in the same boat with fl- flushing it out because it would have made for more of a dramatic like if, s- stance. Like if Mary had more interactions with Ruby instead of with Beatrice. Exactly, yes. Like if it was Beatrice's husband or something that had come after her, that would have made more sense. I think that would have worked it out a little bit better, but she had the relationship with Beatrice, not Ruby. What happened to Ruby? Ah, uh, it's not, there's no, no, no mention ever, of her. It's, yeah. you see the husband's face when she does the reveal, and he looks like he's about to lose his shit, and then it cuts away to something else. Um, yeah, so it's like, it's never actually said what happened to Ruby. It's like, well, did if she he, just go off and... if he beat Beatrice that bad... He probably... He probably either beat or killed his wife. Yeah. But, I mean, he, I guess it doesn't matter since he doesn't have a throat anymore, so... Right, he's dead too, so... <laughs> I mean, it's it's sad we didn't get any res, uh, resolution on what happened with Ruby, but I think you can kind of connect the dots yourself on that one, um, which is a shame because she's just somebody who's she was just happy to be herself and she was super super proud of what she had done and she just couldn't wait to show her husband and he flipped his shit and that was really sad. Like I can. Like I, but I get his side of it too because it was such an extreme thing for her to do and not even mention it to him. Yeah, I have a like I have this this thing where I mean, if you feel like you need to be somebody or and and change yourself, then I mean, I'm all for it. But it's like if to do it in an extreme manner, I was like, don't do that, man. Like, just I was like, you guys. You got one, it's one chance, and then that, like, once it's gone, it's gone, and it's, Yeah, there's a, I mean, that's an extreme level of body dysmorphia that's going on there, um, that requires therapy, not a scalpel, but in the case of some of these more extreme, like, body mod types, like, like the Enigma, the circus performer. Yes, yeah, and I've actually, I've I've met him before, like, it's... But that made him happy. His lizard implants and split tongue and stuff, that made him happy, and they're... Are some people they see their bodies more as a canvas rather than a vessel? So it's the same thing with people who with tattoos and stuff like that. It's the same thing. Yeah, I mean, like uh, I know or a it's like um, <laughs> I know you don't like him, but like with like Post Malone and stuff, 
It's like all those, like the rappers and things like that. Uh, like the new thing is uh, getting the tattoos on the face. I'm like, come on, man! Like you can get tattoos absolutely anywhere. It's like, why do you need to have it? And what's worse is he's not. It's face. not in that situation. It's not like he's Travis Barker. Like he's got plenty of room under, like from yeah. the neck down. Travis, he, he's gotten to the point now where it almost looks like uh, he's wearing, like, like his face. Well, now he's starting to tattoo his face, but like the his whole melon. His entire head is completely tattooed, and I was like, "Like he's gonna run out of space. He's gonna he's gonna be come the pig from uh and I or I guess he's actually like tattooing over other tattoos. Yeah. Yep. And I was like, I mean, again, it's like if you're all I'm all for it. It's like if you're down for it, that's your body. You do what you want to do. Yep. But like I I've told like you know with our kids and stuff like that, it's like just don't do anything super extreme because i mean that's the only body you got be yeah. yourself but you know you make, you make good go, decisions you can't it. you can't go backwards from that yeah. and and i'm i kind of feel the same way where it's like you do what makes you happy as long as it doesn't hurt or infringe on the rights of anybody else it's perfectly fine yeah. and this the undercurrent message of american mary weirdly enough is needing to be comfortable in your own skin and that was a lot of the things that Mary would tell her potential patients is like, you know, when she's presenting the menu and stuff like that, it's like, you know, my job is to make you feel like you and whatever that might be. And I've known people who have done that. I used to work with a woman who her tongue was pierced. It was split, like just um, to one side of the, you know, just underneath the piercing. And she was a suspension artist. So she would put the hooks in her back. And she was covered. She had a ton of tattoos. Um, so she was into that whole thing. And, um, again, like, she was perfectly happy. Like, that's what made her happy was doing this weird suspension thing. And I guess they're the high that comes from doing stuff like that. I won't, I don't, I won't understand that because that's not my bag. It's not something I can wrap my brain around. But weirdly seeing a movie like this makes me more comfortable with it like i've never i've never been a person who was ever like totally put off but i was always a little uncomfortable because it's so far afield of anything i would ever do myself i just don't understand it well um like and i think the the way that it made because i also felt very comfortable with it so after uh you know the time has kind of gone past after the uh veterinary uh, Barbie doll situation. I mean, it was an upgrade from her first surgery. Yeah, and after Beatrice was like, "Oh, hey, like you know, like you're 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 kind of famous, and all you need is a website and and everything like that." Uh, she actually ends up going into this thing where you could tell where Mary has done it for a while now, and the the whole menu thing, the fact that she actually wrote up, designed a menu, and when she's giving consultations. And it sounds like I mean you're you're a professional hairstylist, and I've I've sat next to you while uh, you know you're giving a consultation to a person saying like, okay what do you want to do like oh like and you're going through the whole rigmarole. That's what it sounded like, and that's why I felt I think it felt so comfortable because Mary was so comfortable with it at that point. Yeah, where she knew what she knew her business, she knew what her skill type was, and the fact that she could actually practice on Dr. Grant. I think that made a huge difference. Yeah. So, <laughs> she had the guinea pig to practice on. 
And um, she was making money hand over fist. She was making a ton of money to the point where at the end of the movie, she had designer. She was wearing Louboutin heels. She was wearing designer dresses and she had a fur coat. So we don't have a timeline on this movie at all. There's no, I have no clue what the span of time is from beginning to end. Like how many months or however yeah, long. It, it really kind of breezes, breezes by. I mean, it's, it's a short movie, but there are no indicators as to like time markers. Like it's, this is July, this yeah. is October, but this is whatever. I also think that that's why the whole thing with Billy and his infatuation with Mary uh, kind of because that time is really dragged out that we don't see where he's dealing with Mary constantly. And so it's like, it's a it, kind of like I'm uh, getting attracted to someone from work kind of thing. Yeah. And it's just like, it's, uh, yeah. yeah, this is the girl in the next cubicle that I work with. Kind that's of exactly what it is. Except the cubicle is his bar. Right. Like that's, uh, it's, I think that's where the movie needed a little more. Um, I don't mind that it was a pretty streamlined film, but I think where it needed to put a little bit more work in was to, was specifically that, like, how long did she have Dr. Grant prisoner? Like, yeah, she cut off all of his arms and legs and stuff, but she could have done that over the course of several weeks. I don't, I mean, you don't know. And, um, okay, she had gotten famous, but was this, it could have happened relatively quickly because of the stuff with Ruby Real Girl, who was famous she was internet famous i don't know um but i think if the soskas had put a little more effort into giving us time markers we could have gotten a better idea that way mary also didn't seem like she was this crazy prodigy and like she learned how to cut and paste over a weekend yeah yeah, because she went from med school to high-end... High-end professional plastic... Yeah. Essentially a plastic surgeon. Yeah. Um, yeah, because with the, the twins, she also did the um, the elf ears on them. Yeah. Which, the, that implant's supposed to be really tough to do. But, like, there's... That should have... I think that's where the movie falls a little bit. And I also think um, it's just lacking that little bit of meat... Um, just to fill in a little bit more where those time jumps happened. I think if, if maybe it was like, if they managed to like cut and paste like 10 more minutes into the movie and it's, that's rare for me to say, cause normally I'm like, this movie is just too long. But I think if they had taken maybe 10 more minutes and just put a little bit more in there, I think the movie could have, it, it would have been an A movie. Yeah. Now, uh. One thing that I kind of wanted to talk about was Lance. I loved Lance. Lance was great. I mean, he you didn't see him too much, but... He was always in the background, though. Yeah, you could definitely tell, like, yeah, as uh, he was the muscle. So when mm-hmm. you first see him, like, so uh, Mary goes down into the dank cellar. Uh, they got the guy that's, you know, missing the, you know, he's got the, the eye wound and she has to perform surgery. Well, Lance is just kind of standing behind her, almost looking like Diesel from you know WWF, and he's just you know got the glasses and long hair, biker biker type. But then uh, later on, it's like as the movie goes on, it turns out that yeah, okay, well, Lance still works for Billy, but then he kind of works for you know for Mary yeah, too. Somehow Mary like absorbed Lance. Yeah, in a way. because like uh, so. <laughs> The, the scene where she's giving, uh, showing, like, some of the guys 
the menu uh, while you're know, doing the consultations. And then the guy that's like... The vanilla guy? Yeah, the vanilla guy that's like, oh, I just want piercings. And then she's like, oh, just get the fuck out. Like, And then Lance, Lance is there. Lance is her... He her, appeared out of nowhere in that hallway. Yeah, like he just shows up and then like throws a bag on her over his head. And then take takes the kid off. And I'm like, okay. But then... Later on, uh, she ends up, as uh, we mentioned, like, she's kind of having a really rough time. It was after she killed the security guard and Dr. Grant. That's it, yes. So and she ends up back at the bourbon. So she goes to the bourbon, and she sits down um, in front of Lance, and he, he's got a bunch of food on the table. And he's like, so I went out and got you a bunch of food. I didn't know what you wanted, so here you go. Like, you know, take, take a pick. And he, and he starts going into his own food. And, you know, she starts talking uh, a little bit and opening up. And then he he actually mentions, he's like, you know what? He's like, uh, when I was a, a teenager, you know, I had, there was some kid that broke into my mom's house. And uh, I, I guess, like, you know, she was a little old lady. So she decided that, you know, the only thing that she needed to defend herself with was an umbrella. Well, she went down there and the kid, like, grabbed, like and he tells a story about how this kid killed his mom and then I guess he, I guess Lance didn't go forward. I guess he beat the shit out of the kid, but nothing ever happened. And then like the cops came and uh, took the guy away and, and he's just, you know, uh, sitting in jail or whatever. But Lance is like, you know, don't ever feel sorry for what you do. It's like what you do is special. And so Lance tells her that, oh, killing people is okay. And it's, you know, or like well, yeah, kill, she, killing bad people is okay. Well, yeah, because that's that's yeah. you know when she basically is like, I had a bad day. I had to kill two guys today. He he made her feel better about it. Yeah. And it was really cute when he said, um, he's like, oh, she asked if what was in the cups was milkshakes. He's like, yeah, I got one chocolate and one vanilla. He said the chocolate one's for you. You don't seem like a vanilla girl to me. But I just thought it was really a cute little line to to slide right in yeah. there. And then she takes a sip of her milkshake. And she starts to like kind of turn back into a little kid. Yeah, she's like, "Oh, thanks," and she's smiling. And she's like, Thank, "Thanks, Lance." And she's like, "This is really good." Yeah, they they just have this like moment, but it was just that it was a really interesting conversation where it's like, "Yeah, don't feel bad for anything that you're doing. You're actually doing something that a lot of people do not get the chance or opportunity to ever do." Yeah, you killed your rapist. Yeah, and it's so. You know like, how many women have probably fantasized about that? Yeah. So I was like, that was really cool. But it was just one of those touching moments where it's like from an unexpected thing where it's like, here's a bunch of food. Don't ever feel bad about yourself. Yeah, it's a milkshake. Eat up. <laughs> Eat up. Just do your thing. It's, it's like, kind of like the, uh, you know, the Italian Nona. Manja, manja. Yeah, manja. Do your thing. <laughs> you too skinny. You eat food. Um, <laughs> I make you laugh. <laughs> the Greeks. So, yeah, I really, it's it's bizarre because the characters in this movie on paper, are they should not be likable. But I loved Beatrice, and I really liked Lance, and I even liked Ruby for as little bit of time as we got to spend with her. Um, like, you can see... Even Mary was redeemable. Uh, like, you could see her. She's working through this trauma, and she's just... It looks like she's doing anything in her power to not have to think about or deal with what had happened to her. And her way of, you know, most people will go through therapy, most people have counseling and medications and all this other stuff to deal with trauma like that. Her therapy is giving her rapist his comeuppance. Yeah. Like, that's that's really cool. In the most creative 
in abstractive ways. Yeah. Uh, so real quick, uh, what would you say was your favorite body mod that was in that was shown in this film? Um, actually, I have to say this one because I, I thought it was probably the funny one of the funniest scenes in the movie was the guy that came to her and he ended up having um, some mod done to his penis. And he comes back, there's a time jump, and he comes back and she's examining him. And there's just like a real quick flash of this raw, looks like raw meat between his legs. And um, she said, I thought I told you that uh, there was no sexual activity. And he said, I thought you meant sex. He's like, I didn't know masturbation was... Um, was not allowed and she just gives him this look like you're so fucking stupid yeah. why and then and then on top of that like she gets the phone call from the detective at that time and, and she's just hurrying him out the door well, yeah well no no she gets the, the phone call and while she's on the phone you can see the dude like after he's like oh i didn't know that you know masturbation didn't count as sex she gets the phone call and he like looks down at her ass and he's like checking around like she just said no sex. <laughs> like, self-control, bud. Yeah, like, come no. on. Well, I mean, looking should not cause chafing, but, I mean, he gave himself an infection by masturbating, and I thought that was really funny. Um, but I think that was my favorite, like, body mod moment, just because I, the stupid was so good. What about yeah. you? Um, I actually uh, liked when, after Beatrice told her about setting up her own website, um, she... Mary actually went out and got a photography kind of kit, uh, a lot of lighting setups, and then she actually went and got a, a really good camera. And you can see all the people that are uh, kind of sh- uh, almost like in a weird montage where, like, you could see where they would come in and she would take a picture of them, and then it would be like the next person she would take a picture yeah. and they go. There's one guy that I thought was really awesome. Um, he had the split tongue. But then he was wiggling it, and they were, like, interchanging, almost like if you, like, wiggle your fingers. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the way his tongue looked. I didn't know the tongue could do that. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was like, that's badass. I'd never do that. But that's really cool that you did it, bro. Like, way to go. <laughs> and but, that shows just how boring we are, that we thought the tongue, <laughs> that the know, tongue just, one was the cool no, one. No, yeah, I was like, oh, man, that was really neat. But um, as far as, like, just a real quick one, but uh, I kind of wish that we would have seen what happened to the twins afterwards. Yes. Yeah, um, just because it, after, you know, Mary drops down the, the picture, I was like, oh man, like they would have, they were turning themselves into basically demons. Yeah. Like that, that's really cool. But, um, I thought the, I actually, the, the Ruby thing, I didn't think was as, ex, as extreme as it really was. Um, when we first see her at the, uh, the veterinary, um, you know, office when she's trying to explain to Mary like what she wants and she goes, Oh, I, I just want like dolls get sexualized, so I just want these gone. I thought she was talking about her boobs completely. I thought Mary had to like remove her chest and she was just gonna be a flat chested Well it was interesting that guy I I thought the same thing at first and then I noticed when she was stretched out on the table before she got she put the dressing on her that there was scars underneath where she'd had implants done. So I was like, oh, no, that can't be it. And then we saw that it was just sectioned off for the nipples. And I was yeah, like, oh, okay. okay. But that, that's where I was like, oh, so she's going to remove her tit. I was like, oh, my God, that was pretty intense. Now, 
I got to say, Mary's reaction to the whole thing was fantastic because she walks into this veterinary office and she's very unsure about all of this. And she walks in and she's just like, okay. And like, so Beatrice is like, here's two grand. There you go, sweetie. And then, (laughs) and just, and like, she already knows like this, you're going to do this because I just put a whole bunch of money in front of you. Well, she was getting, she was getting two grand anyway, just for coming to talk to Ruby. Yeah. But like, but she showed her all the money and she's like, there you go. There it is. And then when she goes back to see Ruby and she, you know, starts talking to her. Ruby tells her what she wants, and she's like, oh, I, I don't want to be sexualized. I want these gone, and I want this sewn up as much as possible. And so Mary's like, yeah, uh, can I have one second, please? Thanks. And just kind of walks out, talks to Beatrice. She's like, is she serious? Is this really happening? Like, she really want this done. And then Beatrice is like, yeah, like, you know, we, I just want her to be happy and Yeah, Beatrice like offered that. to pay for, the, for her friend. Yeah, and, yeah. Then, and then turns around and then, and then she's like, oh, okay, all right. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, she walks back in and, and kind of f- finishes up with her. But it was just like, it was a weird thing going from early Mary where it's just that unsure, like, are you really? We're doing this? Like, this is what's happening to, like. Here's the menu. Yeah, I'll fucking cut you up. Go ahead and sit on the table. I got time. Let's go. Yeah. Like, it was just the, you know, I, I love that transition. So, but uh, the Ruby thing, I didn't see as, like, when she actually showed her husband, I was just like, still pretty hot. I mean, I, I think you're still going to get sexualized, but I mean, yeah, you just have no nipples and, you know. She just wanted to be a doll. Yeah. I was, like, oh, I was like, okay, that's fine. But, All right. But so, yeah, your, your skull rating on this one? Um... I did enjoy the movie. It was actually a a fun movie to watch. I had a hard time kind of separating whether it was just a drama or if it actually was a horror movie. It had horror elements to it. So on this one, I'm going to go ahead and give it a 2.5 for a horror movie. Mm -hmm. However, I am going to give it a 3.4 for... Just a, a movie on its own. Um, the three or a three and a half? A, um, a, a three. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, I'm giving it a three just for... Because it, it's just, it is a enjoyable movie and I highly recommend seeing it. Um, it's just, as far as a horror goes, for me to have to sit there and kind of struggle to decipher, that's where it's kind of like, uh, I don't really know. So... Um, also, to all the things that we talked about with the time lapsing and kind of needed to be tightened up with the writing, I felt. So it's like, okay, I mean, it's 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 good. The action in it, very, very slow. But, I mean, you're going to have to take it as just that kind of movie. So, I mean, uh, I'm definitely going to go ahead and just give it a three. But Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the, it was hard for me. The movie, horror. yeah, the movie I can see where you can make a complaint about it being slow. But it's also, it also kept... A pretty steady pace there wasn't really any part of it that felt super rushed or anything i just think where it failed and this is part of my critique because i'm giving this one a three three out of five myself but where i failed is that it, it was just cut cut it was spliced up too much and i needed it needed more bits flushed out and that was my biggest complaint about this movie is um Earlier I mentioned the timeline's not clear. The time jumps can be a bit confusing if you're not really paying attention. Um, But 
we never really saw Mary struggle much. And I think I needed more... I needed something more fleshy in there. Um, why was Billy so infatuated with her? Was it just because she was hot? Was there other reasons why? Like, what was the situation there? That wasn't super clear. Um, I would have actually liked to see a relationship, a better relationship between Mary and Beatrice so that when Beatrice had the shit beat out of her and was calling her, like, it would have been more impactful for Mary to hear because throughout the movie she was doing her best to avoid building a relationship with this woman. Yeah. And, um, the, I mentioned before that we needed more of that Ruby real girl subplot, um, for the end payoff to, to really, like, really nail you. Um, because she, Mary didn't have a relationship really with Ruby. It was more with Beatrice. So it got a little messy there. And I think this movie could have been a four or better had some of that stuff been thought out a little bit more. Agreed. And also, a uh, nice little note was right at the end, they actually dedicated the movie to Eli Roth. And I was like, I think he's the one who helped get the movie made. Yeah, yeah. No, and, um, but I actually kind of think it's. For me, to do like the body mods and things like that, I almost kind of wish we could have seen a little bit more as to what she was doing to Grant. Because there was that scene where he's first getting duct taped to the table, and, or not getting, but he's already duct taped and he's got the, the dental gear on his head. Um, and she's you know, talking to him about everything that she's going to do to him. That's intense on its own. But then she's like you know, sticking him with Novocaine in his jaw and, you know, and she's like, okay, well, we're going to do this. I'm going to file your teeth down. We're going to do tongue splitting and things like that. And he's completely aware of, of his surroundings. Yeah, she just numbed him. She just numbed him. And so it's like, that's, that's intense. But I almost kind of wish that we got a little bit more body horror than not, because this was just a twisted tale and using something that was very uh, uh, kind of obscure. And so that's where I kind of wish that I had gotten more body horror out of Mary. I agree with that. I, I can see that too. I think they took a really... They had an interesting idea. And then having dedicated the movie to Eli Roth, because I think he had a hand in helping get this movie made, they didn't push it like Roth would have. No. Like if... And, and, and I'm not saying that because they had his name on no, there, but, but that's where I'm like, oh, if it was an Eli Roth joint, that thing would have just been... Would, it would have been... The envelope yeah. would have been busted open. Yeah. But, like, the concept's really cool. Very much so. But it needed more. Like, I don't think they took it to... It, it, for one reason or another, whether it was budget or time or whatever, like, they couldn't take it as far as they should... I think they should have. Yeah. Well, I mean, because like with Mary, um, you know, when we first see her and she's in the veterinary office, she's very unsure of herself and everything like that. And then later on, as the movie is is progressing along, as I mentioned, like, you know, she kind of turns into what seems like a a mob boss. Like she's... Yeah, you mentioned that. Yeah. And so she goes into this mode where it's like, just, I don't give a shit. Um, And then like the things with... uh, how like oh I only do things to people that you know make me mad and then uh you know later on just kind of gets into that mode I almost kind of wish that we got like some type of like in a weird way like a psychotic thing where as I mentioned doing stuff to Dr. Grant but then maybe where she kind of just loses it and starts 
taking people and doing yeah. things to them to keep practicing. Yeah, I think that's one of those things that could yeah. like to push it more. Yes. Like the reveal of Dr. Grant's pretty jarring. It's like, what did you do? Yeah. But I as a horror fan, even though like the medical horror makes me really squeamish, I still would have liked to have seen it pushed. How crazy would it have been if not only like so she has Grant like dangled in the center of that that warehouse, but how crazy would it have been if she actually went out and you know started taking people and had like this like little this little mini like hospital of patients that she was just going through and like oh like okay well you were doing this and like how are you doing today and then like she's just got them taped up and you know like uh, just uh, completely like just taken and and just uh, a hostage yeah in a way and i was like but and just like this weird psychotic thing where in her head, yeah, you know, I, th- I think the Soska is the germ of what they had is a good one. Yeah, but they didn't take it as far as like they should have taken like a page out of like Takashi Miike's book, out of Eli Roth's book. Yeah, maybe out of Diodato a little bit. Like dabble in that stuff where you're don't do a full extreme horror, but like pull some of the flavors in because this one could have really gone. And towed the extreme horror line. Yeah. And I think, and that's what would have made it that much better. And and I also think it would have been, that would have made it a horror yeah. movie. Like, and not just a drama. It's kind of like they, they walked up to it and then stopped right before. Yeah. Like they, they hesitated to really yeah. go there with um, a lot of the scenes. Because when you're doing like a surgical horror movie, there, I've seen, I mean, you've seen Autopsy, right? Yep. Yeah. Go for it. Oh, yeah. Do it. Oh, yeah. So, um, I mean, but, yeah. But still, I mean, three, uh, you know, three skulls for both of us still is not bad. It's no, not, not a bad movie shabby. whatsoever. You just, just, just be prepared to not, yeah. it's not, not, it's entertaining to watch, but it's definitely not anything wowy. Yeah. So. So, I think that about wraps up uh, our episode for American Mary and our first episode of 2020. Word. Awesome. We should probably take the Christmas tree down now. <laughs> well yeah it's usually what ends up happening is after that you know first week it's like that's when it starts coming down yeah, time to put the Christmas decorations away <laughs> um, so with that follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Creepin' It Real R-E-E-L is a movie reel you can f- buy our merch uh, I know the Christmas holidays are over however there's got to be a birthday coming up or just because random Tuesday afternoon so go ahead and um, find us at creepinitreal.redbubble.com and go ahead and get your sweet creepin' merch, t-shirts, travel mugs, home decor, um, sweatshirts, bits and bobs, socks. I'm a big fan of the socks. Yeah. So um, you can email us with any movie ideas at creepinitreal.cm at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we love, and we also love discussing. So if you found anything in our episode that, you know, you like to talk to us about, Hit us up. I mean, I I got my phone on me all the time, and I like I'm I'm a I'm a chatty catty. Yes, so. I don't like people as much as he does. <laughs> so, but Craig will talk to anybody. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, like, share, subscribe, tell your friends, uh, comment. Please, please, please leave us a five star review on iTunes. Uh, the more feedback we get, the bigger the reach grows. The more likely we are to be found in um, searches and to rank on especially on iTunes, on any of the lists. 
So I think that about covers it. Yeah, I'm pretty happy. All right, join us every Tuesday at midnight in your favorite podcatcher. And until next week, I've been Meg. I'm Lunchbox. And keep it creepy, guys.